All right, welcome to episode 29 of the At Bat Baseball podcast presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez along with Miles Porter and our guest today, Chris Pennant. How are we doing today, man? You know what it is, baby? Bad religion all day. I'm in my punk rock Wednesday wear, I guess. <laughs> I'm just talking, man. This is the shirt that I pulled out of a drawer. But it's, it's great to be back on the show, honestly. Uh, I'm, I've, it's been... From, from your perspective, an exciting or depressing or disappointing or mind-boggling second half of the season, and you would think that the playoffs couldn't get any more nutty, and then here we are. Yeah, I know. It just get, it's just like a, a mountain. We keep going up, and it's, it gets crazier and crazier. How, how are you doing today, Miles? Hey, do, doing good. I feel uh, <laughs> I'm sick, so that's, that's always fun. But, you know, <laughs> we're, we're back into, you know, live ABs for the offseason, and you know, the, the start for my season for next year starts now. So getting ready for that, seeing pitches, feeling good, and just, uh, just getting ready. Miles, you, you go. gotta you gotta let me know if there's like a third uh first baseman DH slot on your on your team. I gotta see if I, <laughs> on, if I can hit pitching above like sixty-five miles per hour. I gotta at least test myself. <laughs> I'll I'll hit you, I'll hit you up, I think I think we got something for you. I think I think we can make that work. <laughs> All right, because if I if I play one season and then do like my man uh, Tom Berenger and just retire at the end of the year and become a coach, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Miles. Yeah, Miles. Talk to your people. <laughs> yeah, Miles. If you do any, if you have any simulated games that you just need a body and the pitchers need a body in the box, you see, you see, we got we got you. Me and Chris got just you. Just a standing, just a standing hitter. Just, just, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not hitting anything, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna be too. I'm gonna be too scared to be honest. I'm gonna be like, oh no. The dude I was, I was I was getting live uh, live pitching from. He was throwing ninety four, ninety four, ninety three. Just bringing it. It was it was fun. It was oh fun. I love God. it. You I came in. Like you said, what? <laughs> I know. I told yeah. I told Miles that I like I, when when I tried out for baseball, I I I couldn't even hit the machine, and the machine's like seventy. Machines are stupid though. Some machines are just there's machines that I can't hit. So it's, it's, it's no, it's okay. It's okay. So I, don't worry. Some machines are stupid. I just can't imagine what ninety four looks like compared to compared to seventy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't see it until it gets like close. And that's, that's why. That's why. Yeah, that's why. Like when 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 like pitchers throw like like I don't know like an eighty mile per hour fastball or sorry eighty mile per hour uh, breaking ball and then like throw a ninety seven mile per hour fastball like people don't understand how like I, I mean I can't imagine what that looks like let alone just. You'd be like, damn, that's ridiculous. I'm the type oh. of hitter where if you do that to me, I'm swinging out of my shoes and probably falling over because <laughs> I'm a, I swing hard, man. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to square it up and hit it. I'm trying to take the pitcher's head off. So yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's yeah. yeah it's, I'm sure it's, it takes some getting used to for that for sure. But you you're you're good. Uh, all right, we'll start we'll start off with Chicago baseball guys. Obviously, we're we're not in the postseason. None of us are. No Cubs fans. No White Sox fans enjoying postseason baseball, but. There's still some buzz uh, going around. And we'll start with the White Sox just because theirs is the most important uh, with the manager search. Um, and they supposedly have uh, have liked two managers in particular. They haven't said who it was, but they have interviewed um, quite a few. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if, they, if they've interviewed Joe Madden yet, but I know they, they said that they were going to uh, interview him. I've heard uh, Joe Espada, too, from the Astros. Um, they're obviously he's still there, he's still in the postseason. So, uh, but yeah, Chris, what are your initial thoughts on that? And what like stuff that you heard? Um, who is your leading candidate uh, first? And then we'll talk about the guys I've interviewed in total. Well, oh, Kyle, the RZA of our group, um, put mm -hmm. out a, a survey last week, mm -hmm. I think it was, and I put my thoughts down pretty plain. Uh, matter of fact, if I can bring those up because I saw it, I, I think I, I had some things going on that weekend, and then I remembered, okay, you got to turn this in. And I was pretty straight up about what exactly I wanted. And so, yeah, I got this because this is pretty good. For the gym, it was Joe Madden, Jim Tomey, and Ozzy, I think, he, who he put out. And I said, Jim Tomey, really? Is this a real idea? Just, just don't. Just don't <laughs> give me that. Joe Madden, I think, is just... I, it's funny because I like Joe Madden when I do coaching outside of, of, of this word, when outside of the job. I like to keep things fresh and keep things lively for, for my team. I think it keeps them involved. And so I honestly like Joe Madden's uh, shtick with the Cubs. I thought it was fun. I thought it was cool. 
but he just doesn't seem to be able to get it going. And he had, for a good amount of the season this year, both Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, plus actual other hitters, Taylor Ward. And you can't blame a 12 or 13 game losing streak all on him, but he really didn't get anything out of that ball club. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, of moving parts going on there. Artie Moreno is probably a bottom five owner in the league right now. But if you can't get anywhere close to a 500 record with those two guys, plus some actual hitting, plus some actual decent pitching, then what else is he going to really do? And I, I think his reputation has just suffered after the World Series. A lot of, Back then, it was the Cubs won a World Series with Joe Madden. Now it's kind of turned to the Cubs as, have won a World Series in spite of Joe Madden. He's mm -hmm. got Dave Roberts' reputation. And Ozzy is a retread, too. I think Ozzy... You can't you, you can't come back from where he was, and so I'm really high on Joe Espada. Uh, my my colleague Janice Scurrio had a lot of good to say about him, um, and I, I respect and trust Janice's opinion. And I think uh, just reading up on him, the the bit I did, he's been with good organizations. He's highly thought of, so I think he would be a great choice. I said Ron Washington would be a good solid choice. Him and Willie mm -hmm. Harris, if Wash wants to manage, if he doesn't want to deal with the the grind of that i completely understand he he has the things on his record and i'm not talking about the drug thing because we have been around seven people in the last week who snorted cocaine i'm going to be straight up about that him his infidelity that's the thing i think that would be the most concerning if you're going to talk about a black mark on his record but i understand if he just wants to coach willie harris joe espada those are the two guys that i would really look at i think willie harris um has been around baseball long enough, has been uh, coaching in organizations that have good front offices, and that includes the Cubs, uh, long enough that people respect him and he's been gaining knowledge. So I would take either of those two guys. I don't want anybody who has any relation with the White Sox at this point in time, because anybody that's in the organization that, has a, is, that is a, a name that's close to this managerial search isn't the guy, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's it's been uh, the the choices have been all over the place, but um, I think the one that I I also was like, no way, like even that, not even as a White Sox fan, was Mike Shield. I, yeah. I heard that and I was like, there's just no way. That's like Tony Larusa 2.0. Like there's just no yeah. way. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, I, yeah, I was like that. No, just that, that can't be. Miles, what did you think overall, or what have you thought about the guys that that you know you've heard of so far for for that manager search? Yeah, I mean, honestly, really sharing a lot of the same sentiment as Chris. Um, I'm pretty sold on Joe Espada. Um, and I think, I think you know, when it comes to Joe Madden, there's definitely, there's definitely aspects of his managerial style which can be critiqued pretty much. And I think, I, you know, like Chris said, since the World Series, there have been um, interesting managerial decisions that he's made. Um, and we all know that at the end of the day, he's an incredible manager. Uh, but he did have a lot of talent this year that um, that he tried to propel these guys, and you know things didn't go the way that we all expected it for the Angels to go. And I think just for the White Sox, I'm hoping for someone who can just inspire these boys. Um, and I think I think Joe Espada is pretty much a perfect fit in my opinion. Um, he's, con he's been constantly around winning baseball. Um, He's also a little bit on the younger side, too, a little bit of a contrast from Tony, which is no shot at Tony at all. But this is a very, this is a very like young team. I always say the White Sox remind me of like a really gritty, like Juco baseball team because they just they just play with that energy, they play with that personality and that swag. And you need someone who, who can, you know, who can someone who can like, you know, just just inspire these guys to be themselves and just go out there and, and have fun and compete. Um, so you know, I think that's where Joe Spada comes in. Ron Washington, I think that's another great decision. Um, but, you know, you know, maybe maybe Ron Washington doesn't want all that responsibility. Um, and I think Willie Harris is is, a, is, a, is a, an interesting choice as well. Uh, you know, he's, he's expressed his uh, he's expressed his interest in it. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I think there's some good options out there for sure. Um, I just really hope that they bring a, bring a manager that can, you know, propel this winning culture and get the Sox back on track. Yeah, no, um, like the choices are there. And I think that there's definitely some ones that are very obviously, you know, some, you know, pretty good picks. Joe Espada, 
Uh, I thought Willie, you know, I, Willie Harris off the bat also. Uh, but apparently, to, to my knowledge, as of like the last couple of days, he said uh, that the Sox hadn't even reached out to him yet, if I, I remember him saying right. Um, but who knows on that end. But I, I do think he's, he's a good option. And uh, Ron Washington is one that I thought about too. And um, that, you know, despite the, the age thing, cause I was like thinking, I'm thinking the same thing as kind of miles. Like I do want like kind of a new face. That's the one thing I do prefer for the Sox is just like a, a, a guy that hasn't made a name for himself just yet, but has a reputation in the game, you know, like a Joe Espada. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, to see who they go with. I know obviously they're going to pick someone after the postseason because they're going to wait for Espada and, and, and all that and just the rest. But um, I did also hear that they were looking at somebody from the Royals. Right, right, Chris. Or who, do you by any chance know who it was? I, I, I don't remember if they man, he said his name. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not mm. sure. It's, it's, which is interesting because it wasn't. It never felt like they were just kind of holding the fort with Mike Matheny. Mm. It felt like the Cardinals let him go, and then they picked him up. Like you know, this is going to be the guy to at least get us to something competitive. When Cardinals fans everywhere had been like, he's super mid. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> for the for that organization who who comes up good players they i feel like they make good decisions in terms of um minor league scouting and major league scouting they brought in guys who can compete at uh at a major league level even out even if you took even if you put them outside of the al central there would still be the guys who you can't just pitch around so mm-hmm. i'm not sure it would be interesting to go within the, the royal system i don't know of a specific name i will say that much i had not heard anything on that but i will check Oh yeah, no, I I just looked it up. It's uh the the Casey uh Casey Royals Pedro Grifol, uh which I I mean I haven't heard of that oh, guy. He's a bench I, I coach. Remember that name. He's a bench coach. Yeah, so uh that's yeah that is a you know a, a pick to watch you know in division and you know that he knows he knows the 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 division so it's that'd be something that you know and he's fairly young to what I see I don't know his age but looks looks like a younger guy too but. Yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, it's the, I think that the White Sox this is going to it's going to hinge on a lot of things like, you know, this this managerial search um is going to be pivotal to what the Sox do in the next few years obviously and and as we've seen this year, you know, uh, anything could happen, so um time is of the essence for sure. Uh we'll go from the White Sox to the Cubs now, and it still has a little bit to do with the White Sox because uh uh we were talking about it before we went on, but uh the Cubs are looking at uh, Jose Abreu and uh, you know uh, I'm sure I was thinking about as soon as I as soon as I saw it I was like man that would be so weird to see <laughs> see the big guy in a Cubs uniform but I, want, I wanted to get your thoughts as as a White Sox fan Chris uh, your initial thoughts of hearing that Nah, man. That's, that's my initial thought. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I, can't. I can hear it in his voice. I can't do it. Don't do it. I can't do it. I really wouldn't be able to take that. No, nah, it's like, uh, we. the one thing that was very apparent with Jose Abreu this year is that he couldn't catch the fastball like he could earlier in his career. And that was two years prior. I don't know if it was just turning 36. I don't know if it was some nagging injury that was kind of hampering him. He's always just seemed to have his lower leg ankle problems, but it was, I think it was apparent from the first day of the year that he was not hitting the fastball like, like he had previously. And so he was being more uh, judicious in his pitch selection, got his OBP up. He's a professional player. He knows how to how to help his team win not just to put up stats he knows how to help his team win and so that was my worry in terms of the Sox bringing him back it was like well he's at the end of his contract he's going to play out the year hopefully they make the playoffs which of course you saw that win and then I was just hoping that somebody was going to give him another deal that could use a designated hitter or needed a first baseman that could get to the playoffs I think the one thing with the Cubs is that they're not in position to get to the playoffs quite yet but he would be an upgrade over Alfonso Rivas. I think that's that's pretty apparent. That's me being objective about it. Subjectively, don't ever tell me about Jose Abreu playing for the Cubs. We will fight. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was th- I was thinking that, man. I was like, because I, as soon as it happened, I also uh, hit up one of my my uh, friends that is a big White Sox fan, just like you, Chris, and he was he said the same thing. He's like, no, please. 
<laughs> like, no, just no. <laughs> and I'm like, and hey, no, hey, even as a Cubs fan, it'd be really weird to see him in a Cubs uniform. But, you know, it, when it comes to uh, the reasoning of why, you know, he'd be a good fit, it's all there, man. I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, at 35 still, you know, being able to put up uh, seasons of, you know, 824 OPS, um, had 183 hits last year, which is the second most in his career, tied for the second most in his career uh, since uh, 2016. That's when he had 183. But, uh, Miles, what's your take on that, man? I mean, as a, another Cubs fan, it's, uh, you know, Jose Abreu on, on the north side. Um, You know, <laughs> it'll be it, it would be weird. It would be weird. But, you know, the, the, the options point to it. Um, frankly, I'm sick and tired of seeing PJ Higgins play first base. I just don't like it. It's just weird. <laughs> I, I don't like it. He's a very, he's a solid first baseman. I just don't like seeing him in first base. I really don't. Um, you know, we, we've kind of, we've, we've kind of run out of options when it comes to, uh, you know, productive first baseman going back to PJ Higgins. I think he was actually very solid for the majority of the season. Um, but for the most part, you know, I, I would love to get I would love to get even more production out of that position. Um, Alfonso Rivas, who I think is a very smooth, very poised player. There's still a lot of holes offensively um, in his game, and to this point in his career, it's what we what we've gotten out of him, we can't really depend on him um, to be productive offensively. Um, so. A lot of the, a lot of you know everything is pointing towards this being a great move for the Cubs. Um, it'll be weird. It'll be really weird. I feel weird for Sox fans having having to just you know to to see Jose Abreu in a Cubs jersey playing first base at at Wrigley. That'd be that'd be that'd be weird. I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I, I have no problem with it. Um, but you know when you know when I understand the feeling. You know seeing Rizzo in the Yankees jersey and seeing him pose the same way he did as a Yankee from when he won the world series. That's weird. That's weird to look at. <laughs> so, so, you know what, I, I'm all for it. Um, everything is pointing towards it, but you know, if, if I also, not, I'm also not against him any small chance of him staying with the white Sox. Cause I, I think he's a white Sox, me personally. Um, but you know, if cards play out well, then, you know, come to the North side. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way I see it. Is that if he if he doesn't if he has to go anywhere, I'd well, I'd welcome him on the north side. But you know, it it's if he but if he stayed with the with the White Sox, it would make more sense uh, just because of you know, yeah, he's 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 a White Sox player through and through so far. So, and that's the way also I see it with Aaron Judge too. Is like it'd be cool to see him like go somewhere, go to like his like his hometown team, like the Giants or something like that. Or but I kind I think it's good for baseball if he stays with the Yankees. But that's just me and. uh uh, and I think with the, with the uh, Abreu too is that I was uh, saying before we got on to I was telling Chris is that he definitely fits the Cubs in the sense of a, a, a placeholder for the next first baseman, you know whether it be whether it's Matt, if it's really Matt Mervis who's going to be that first baseman for the Cubs, uh, you know in the next couple of years then Abreu can hold hold down the uh, the four for him and then maybe even go move over to DH or, or whatever, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's something that I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people didn't expect. And, and for him, and the thing is too, is that I saw that, you know, uh, that tweet that saying he, that he's, uh, high on the Cubs list. So I'm, I'm sure if he's high on the Cubs list and there's a good chance, uh, that this could happen. So, um, we'll see. Uh, but, uh, moving now to what's, uh, currently going on in baseball right now, it's the postseason, and we've made it through the wildcard series and the division series. We're officially at the league championship series, but man, I mean, Chris, you alluded to it a little bit too. When we, when we first got on, um, uh, before we started recording is, you know, how insane this, this postseason has been already. And, uh, just kind of going through the division series, we'll go, we'll go in order. Uh, but miles, what did you think, uh, about the, we'll start in the NLDS. So the uh, Phillies and the Braves. So the Phillies won that one three to one. And it was really just, um, the Phillies again. I think people have underestimated going into the postseason, and I'm not gonna lie, I, I was kind of there when it came to the the underestimating the Phillies pitching, um, in the sense of the starting pitching. Uh, I knew the starting pitching was there, but the the bullpen has come through and, and been able to to you know, um, win them a couple series too, help them win the couple series. So, uh, what did you think about that that you know that upset of the Braves? Like I think I think you said it right there. I think I think the Braves really underestimated. Um... 
the ability of Philadelphia. Um, this is this is a team that that caught fire on all cylinders, and when you look at defensively as well, they were they were making the plays that they had to. Um, you know, I think I think they almost overwhelmed the Braves in a sense where the Braves were like, "Whoa, wait a minute, what's where did this come from? We're, we're not expecting all that." And you know, you see the success of Harper, and even though even Schwarber, who had a who had a pretty rough series, if you if you look at his numbers offensively, um, everyone was just stepping up. Bryson Stott, um, mm-hmm. you know, Reese Hoskins, who also kind of struggled that series as well, but timely hitting. I mean, in playoff baseball, that's like the main thing. That's one of the main things that that gives you success is being a timely hitter, getting the big hit when it matters because every single every single moment is so important. Even if you go, if you go over whatever, and you you know it's the last it's your last at bat, most likely in the eighth inning, you got the go ahead run on third, sack fly base hit. That's what people are going to remember. So I think I think it's just a matter of the Phillies understanding you know what's at stake, understanding who they are as a ball club. And they're just building off of that energy every single game right now. So, you know, hats off to Philadelphia. I I, I love this squad. I love Nick Cassianos. I'm a big Bryce Harper fan. Love Brandon Marsh. Him finding success on this team after being dealt from the Angels. I just want to see them do well. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. What do you think? Yeah, man. I was checking the stats because the one game that I saw up close was uh, game three. And it's funny, my friend that I mentioned earlier, Janice Curio, I think had uh, put Aaron Nola in there as basically like the poster boy for right on the line between average and above average starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. And I was checking his stats and it's like, you look past the win-loss record, which of course you should at this point in time. He had mm-hmm. a really darn good year mm-hmm. and he had the, the game that really kind of settled things down. I thought that it was very plausible that Philadelphia could lose their game four at home, but game three, he went in there and shut down a good Braves team that had played very well in game one and just lost a shootout and then went about their business in game two. And I figured, okay, this is the one that we're going to have a repeat of game one. It's Aaron Nola. He's probably going to go five or four strong or five strong and then find, lose his way in the sixth. And he he didn't he never did he pitched a he pitched a, it's about as brilliant a game as you can get in today's starting pitching, and then the Phillies just came out the next game and did what they had to do, and what they did this series was beat the brakes off the Braves. That that's what like you Nick Castellanos like Miles said he came back, uh, Bryce Harper came back, Reese Hoskins came back from a dreadful 2021. Uh, shout out Gene Segura, man. Still kicking around in this league, still hitting in the postseason. And Brandon Marshall, like you said, I saw him up close a few games last year uh, when the Angels played the White Sox, and that man can hit. He has a bad beard, but he can hit. And the <laughs> Phillies, beard is weird. Oh, it's, it's a weird Sorry, beard. It's a weird beard for sure. He <laughs> looks like, man, I, I, <laughs> a man looking like Brody Lee out there. Like Doug Dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the Phillies' bats came in. And I think that's what had just kept – well, we know it was the bullpen, and the bullpen was was good enough in games three and four, and that's what had always failed them. But the Phillies' bats came up. It's going to be more about the bullpen and the pitching in the NLCS against a uh, Padres team who, who was a bit similar, who has the chance to break out but didn't really hit the ball as hard against Los Angeles. Then it's going to be more about the Phillies' bullpen, if they can prove they're up to it, if Brad Hand can prove that he's not just kind of riding a fluke wave. But the Philadelphia Phillies' bats are really what carried them. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too. You mentioned the bullpen, and, and that's what I that's, – that's the weakness that I, that I had them eliminated for in the first round against the Cardinals because the Cardinals, I thought, had a better – bullpen and, and they did they just didn't you know like when it come when you look at the numbers they did it they do have a better bullpen but they didn't perform they were outperformed by, by the Phillies and the thing is too also is that the Phillies are in the NLCS now and they have uh Jose Alvarado closing games which you know is which is insane to me because of where they're at and and the type of season or the type of, of pitcher that he Alvarado has been the last couple of years uh not as good as he ha- as he was you know in his in initial season with the Rays but He's got the stuff, he's got, you know, he's got the nasty stuff. So I think that's kind of also, um, and, you know, and the fact that a lot of uh, uh, batters haven't faced him yet, uh, especially on the Padres, 
um, also has to do with that, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, no, that, that was, it, you, you were right on the sense that, you know, they, they beat the brakes off the, the Braves. I mean, you look at, you know, uh, the, the last two games, I mean, nine to one and eight to three, um, and spent at Spencer Strider game as well. Um, I don't think Strider was healthy enough to pitch that game. And I think it showed, um, I understand why they, they put him out there. I think you, you, you know, if he was good enough to go, but I don't think he was healthy enough. And I think that hurt the Braves. Um, and you know, Braves are my world series pick too on that. And so, uh, they, uh, were, you know, weren't able to, to keep up there, but yeah, Phillies, you know, and, and we're recording this now on, on, on a Wednesday after game one of the NLCS. And of course the Phillies uh, took game one over, uh, the Padres who beat the Dodgers in, uh, the other NLDS series, that was another upset. And, you know, it, and we, t- you know, I've mentioned this before. The fact that, you know, the Dodgers fans were just going crazy over this loss and people even I know I even saw a, a reporter say uh, an L.A. reporter say that if this was the year this was before the series even ended. He mentioned that if there was any year that uh, they should cancel the postseason and give the trophy to someone, it would be the Dodgers because they had 111 wins. So it just just the Dodgers fans, the Dodgers fans, the Dodgers writers were out, you know, as even before the series ended. Uh, but the Padres, you know, just came out uh, and, and surprised the world with that three to one series. Uh, what do you think about that, Chris? Uh, you you got to sell papers these days. Uh, there's there's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of competition in the media landscape, so you got to sell those papers. That's the only reason I could I could see for somebody saying that. I mm-hmm. hope it wasn't Bill Plasky because I respect <laughs> I respect him a lot, but it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I know that when the when the team like that wins, when a team like that wins, then it's easy to say after the fact, you know, there was nobody beating this team this year. And of course you can say that because they won. When those mm-hmm. Yankees teams in the late nineties won, you could say, Oh, of course nobody was beating them this year because they won. But when those teams lose, then you gotta look back and say what what were you know, what the cause what was the cause of it? And I didn't for a second think that this Padres team was going to lose, was going to beat uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Not only were they worse than they were in 2020 and even last year when they just collapsed down the stretch, the Dodgers were just better. The Dodgers were just so much better at every single possible turn. The White Sox could have beaten the Dodgers two of three in Chicago and they didn't because the Dodgers were just better. And because Tony La Russa walked, um, walk somebody with two strikes that that wasn't that didn't help either. <laughs> but there's just no there's no rhyme or reason to it that la just went quiet this time around i i don't know i i really can't put words to it what happened to freddie freeman what happened to gavin lux what happened to will smith it's it's incomprehensible because this team you're you've got jerks and jerks and profile getting meaningful at bats and the only two guys that you really have, no, no Tatis. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out because I didn't see, I didn't see it coming. I knew that they had Blake Snell. I didn't expect him to be 2020 or 2019 Blake Snell, but he was, and he didn't have his manager pulling him early. So, you know, that's when you have Bud Black in there. I think that's the only thing that you can really look at that you have Bud Black matched up against Dave Roberts and the better manager came out on top. So yeah, I mean that, that's an interesting take. Uh, when it comes to when it comes to the whole, you know, no playoff things because of Doc. Stop, stop it, stop it right now. We're not. We we've never given out participation trophies. We're not doing it now. Um, that's a very talented ball club from from all all twenty six. All twenty six of those guys are very talented. Playoff baseball is playoff baseball. Now is that is that. <laughs> is that a surprising a surprising series loss? Yeah, the team won 111 games, but you know, I I, I just think that you know they, they got kind of cold in the playoffs. They kind of caught some cold feet. Um, their their opponent did it, and it's just um, I don't even know if there's much reassessing for the Dodgers to do going into next season. I guess it's just a matter of you know just just feeling getting a better feel of finishing. This is a team, aside from 2020, where they've done a good job of getting into the playoffs and, and, and making deep runs. But aside from 2020, this team hasn't – they haven't gotten to the World Series. Um, 
as much as you would expect them to. They've been there, but they haven't gotten there as much as you would expect them to. Um, so I think, you know, just, just reevaluating some things in terms of just knowing how to finish and maybe not burning guys out. 111 wins means that um, everybody was doing a job, but there was also a lot of energy put into the regular season. So I think I think it's just a matter of managing managing how we're how we're moving players around, how certain guys are being how much how many innings certain players are pitching, X, Y, and Z. This isn't like a load management kind of thing. This is just kind of just being aware of you know this, this is a very long season and it's easy to get burnt out or or, or tired or mentally tired going into the playoffs um so you know it's i think i think the dodgers will be fine dodgers fans will be fine the dodgers are gonna be a, 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 one of the best teams in baseball again next year it's just a matter you know a matter of just finishing that's it can i can i ask so uh miles do you how much do you think this falls on the coaching staff gosh i would i would say I don't know. I, I guess for me, I'm going 50-50 on it. Um, I think just because this is such a talented ball club that is that is proven that they're that they are able to perform well against any other team. This isn't really a topic that is talked about too much, but just from my perspective as a player, when there's so much effort mentally that goes into the regular season, uh, just a little bit going into the playoffs, there is that that slight like fatigue not physically um but there is a little bit of like a mental a mental part of you that's kind of like oh crap all right well we started in february and here we go now probably going into november if we make it all the way um i think i think gosh i feel i really feel like everyone plays a role everyone played a role in this um but i will say the players are you know going out there to perform and i do believe dave roberts has done a fairly you know good job with this ball club yeah, and, and you know what, uh, uh, Miles, too, is that what I've heard the last few days from Dodger fans is is actually the complete opposite. I've actually heard quite a bit of uh, Dodger fans going going at Dave Roberts saying it's time for him to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah it, it, you, I mean, you, you know, you made a good point when, it's, when you're saying, you know, the fact that um, besides 2020, you know, they haven't, you know, necessarily won anything. So uh, a lot of that's what a lot of Dodger fans are saying is, you know, hey, you know, They've only won one World Series, you know, with Dave Roberts, and 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 it was a 2020 season. Um, you look at every other season, you know, they've had uh, plenty of um, you know, one seeds that you know haven't been able to do anything or at least go far. In the one year in particular, I remember probably the, the the bottom of the bottom that they they reached before winning that World Series was 2019, where they lost to the, to the Nationals. You know, that's obviously obviously the team of destiny, but I mean, damn, in five games to them, and and it was uh, rough going there, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a lot of things that went wrong in that series, but I will say this is that probably more things went right for the Padres than what went wrong for the Dodgers. I think that, you know, that's, Trent, yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I was thinking with that. Yeah, I mean, Trent Grisham. <laughs> what? Like <laughs> I, I I we I said it, you know, in la- last uh show with Gabe that like, you know, with him, uh he had the I believe it was the fifth worst OPS going into the postseason. Uh, and he's come out and been virtually the MVP, right? It's like he's been their best hitter, one of their best hitters in the postseason. Um, obviously, Soto hasn't done you know great since going to the Padres, but he's done better than him in, in the postseason. Um, uh, and yeah, I think when it comes to their pitching, also, um, it's just been uh, you know on fire, and their bullpens, you know, come out too. Um, and, and done their job, and and with guys like uh, Josh Hader, who hey had had a better had a better second half of the of the of uh, his stint with the Padres, and has been you know on fire as well going into the postseason. He's That's also true. been doing his thing. So, you know, it's they have all the pieces to win a World Series, and as Chris said, they you know they are very similar to the the Phillies. So that's why I'm excited to see how that series unfolds. Um, and the game one was already already a battle, and we'll talk a little bit about that when we talk about the LCSs. But um, it's already been a battle, so I hope that you know it continues to be that way. Um, going over to the American League side, oh, do you want to say something, Chris? Go ahead. It's it's weird. I was thinking about it. Thanks, so Do you look at the Lakers and the Dodgers, who aren't um, necessarily owned by the same same people? I know Magic's involved in both, but they have this ana- they've had this analogous last few years. They both won the title in 2020, which people are scrutinizing so heavily because of what a weird year it was. And it's mm-hmm. fair. It's fair to say that. I know 
the you play the games and you play the playoffs and you play the championship and whoever wins wins and it's in the books but you can't discount how thrown off that year was for everybody involved both in the nba and the mlb and then after that they've had these top tier teams with top tier talent who have underperformed against either traditional rivals or, or regional rivals uh, the Lakers, it was that series against the Suns in the first round. And now with the Dodgers, it was losing to the Padres. And I think they both had similar questions about uh, the coach, or, you know, whether it's the head coach and the manager, or the coaching staff overall. And I, don't, I think the Dodgers get a pass on their players because, and they should, because they've got fantastic players who had a great regular season and who didn't necessarily come up in the, in the uh, playoffs. But I agree with Miles on that point because you have to look at those guys when the time comes to really make your money, and that's in the postseason. So as well as Freeman and Turner and Betts did um, in the regular in the first 162 games, you got to look at the next six or seven and say, you know, where did things go wrong for these guys? Yeah, no, it, that's that's the one thing too is that I think that if they do get, for example, if they do let Dave Roberts go. Uh, whoever's going to step in there is obviously just going to take them the postseason next year. I think it's all on the players. It's going to be a lot on the players, especially next year, to uh, to kind of see, you know, what they can do uh, facing this adversity because, I mean, yeah, every year you throw out there, you know, an all-star team. And also I think one more thing on, on the Dodgers is that they banked on their depth, you know, and I don't think that that, that – or I don't not that I don't think it, it didn't happen, but their, their depth just couldn't handle it. You know, I think they – their bullpen is consistent, but in the playoffs, it wasn't, it's not scary. Uh, so, and with the whole closing role too, with, you know, they didn't, Kimbrell wasn't there. He wasn't even on the LDS roster. Uh, Trinan was their closer. And I, I like Trinan. I respect him, but I mean, Brewster Gratterall also is, is, is a good name, but they, their bullpen compared to other, other teams. I mean, it just wasn't looking that great. So I think that their depth wasn't as good as they expected it to be, especially in the postseason, as good as other years. Um, because they have showed up in other years, but not not this year. Yeah, I think I think to add to that point, mm. when you look at certain decisions that he made with that bullpen during that series, I know that was questioned a lot. And once you see some of these guys struggling out of the pen, once you see some of these starters getting knocked out of the game earlier than they're that they're intending, and they're really they're I'm noticing each game they're 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 running through the depth of of their of their bullpen. I don't think I don't think Dave Roberts was uh was expecting that, but I think it's on him to be prepared for anything. So yeah, you know, I think I think I think that's a good point. I think to kind of go back to what you asked me, Chris, I think that right there is where we gotta hold Dave Roberts accountable. Not just depending, not just depending on, you know, thinking that think that this is just gonna be like a cakewalk, which you know, I I understand everyone know understands the MLB, but the Dodgers had it going to that series feeling pretty high about themselves. Understandable. Um, but I, I just don't think they're prepared to be challenged as much as they were. Specifically, Dave Roberts, I don't think he was as prepared for it. So certain moves, I just saw him improvising a little bit. Totally agree. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with, with his future. But I'm sure that he's the type of manager, though, despite of what's happening with the Dodgers, I'm sure he'll find a job real quick. Um, so, you know, I want to see, cause I want to see him, what he does on another team. Cause you could say, you know, oh, he's had these Dodger teams, but you know, for his whole managerial career, let's see how he does, you know, with, you know, another team, uh, moving over to the American league. Now, uh, we'll start off with the series that ended swiftly as much as it was entertaining. Uh, nonetheless, uh, was Mariners and Astros. Um, you know, I, I expected the, the Mariners to put up more of a fight when it came to win loss, uh, but they just weren't able to do it. Uh, and you know, had the Astros still moving on from that series, despite you know, or whoever was uh, going to win that that wild card series, the Mariners and Jays. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think that the Astros just proved why they're uh, the best team, and they're probably the best team left when you look at everything uh, that's happening with the LCS. Uh, but they're you know they were able to you know out hit the Mariners and and you know with with an offense that was you know pretty on fire going into the full season with Cal Raleigh and all those guys just hitting on all cylinders and. That Astros kind of put their foot down. Jordan Alvarez is an alien. He's not real. Uh, so uh, those home runs that he hit were just at, so clutch and just out of this world. So literally. Um, but, yeah, Chris, what did you think about that series as a whole as, as the Astros won three-zip? 
I agree with you. It said a lot about about Houston and their tenacity, even as they were they were kind of leading from the front. And that, that's not to talk about the games, which I'm going to get to in a minute. But the Astros showed it just about every turn this year and the last three or four years. They've been the Dodgers, but coming through when it really comes up, they've been winning and they've been showing why they're they're the best team. They even even after the the fiasco that they engineered themselves, they have a quality organization. They rebounded from Carlos Correa. They got Jeremy Pena in that slot. And he hopefully, I hope he's a standout. I honestly hope he's a standout. I haven't heard anything about him for me to wish wish anything upon him otherwise. I remember the funny thing about Jordan Alvarez, I remember when he and Aristides Aquino on the Reds were both coming up at the same time and both just hitting bombs out of the ballpark and they were comparing the two. And Aquino's just really cooled off trying to find his way. Mm. Alvarez has become a legit threat to be the best hitter, best designated hitter in the league, either league now, now that the DH is universal. And like you said, he's off the charts. He's an alien. Mm -hmm. With the Mariners, next year is going to be a very, very big moment for them because they had leads, I think, in all three of those games. Mm -hmm. And they had leads after the sixth inning, I think. Uh, I know the first game, for sure, I was looking like they're going to keep their momentum. They're going to win this one and at least get a one-game lead on Houston. And then Astros just came back. And then in that last game, it was going to be who was going to blink first. I didn't think the Mariners are going to win that one just because it went so long. And after that, you have to try and win three games against one of the best teams that we've seen in the last five or six years. But the Mariners showed themselves this year. They showed it last year when they came close to making the playoffs. They showed it this year when they grabbed that last spot. They just really came and took it. And they showed it this year playing against the consensus best team. I think just because of what you said about the bullpen, so I would have put them better than the Dodgers. And the Mariners played them tough. They made that team work. So I think that's a credit to both teams. I, I, I would put Houston up as my favorite to win the World Series unless Philadelphia, unless their bats just stay hot or, or get even hotter. But I would put Houston as my World Series favorite, especially after that series. I agree. I agree. I think I think Houston is they're just a beast. They're a beast to be reckoned with. They're the there's no such thing as like the perfect baseball team. But like, hey, they come pretty close. This team mm-hmm. is pretty solid. They uh I I mean I mean I, really? Like, like that, that last <laughs> game, are you serious? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 18 innings, no runs. Really? <laughs> that, that's incredible. And, and and by the way, as I'm watching this game, I didn't think the Mariners were going to score at any point. They, yeah. They'll get base runners on here and there. And I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Good for them. They feel good about themselves. Now, wow. I, now I'm like, I really wanted the Mariners to win that series because that'd be so cool for Seattle. <laughs> but the Astros, were, that pitching staff was lights out. They're, every, every pitcher, every single one is blowing it past a hitter. And it's just, it's just, I don't know. It was incredible. The the Astros are unfair. That is an unfair team. Um, I think the commissioner needs to step in and dismantle this ball club because <laughs> it makes no sense why they're this good. I don't get it. Everyone, everyone, McCullers, uh, Presley, Abreu, Stanek, everyone who pitched pitched amazing. And it's just, uh, it just, it just says so much about how talented this team is. And I didn't even talk about the lineup. Jose Altuve didn't even play well during that <laughs> series. Jordan Alvarez is. Scary. It's scary. Good luck to the rest of the teams. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just, that's a very fun baseball team to watch. I know that, you know, us diehard fans, we, we have our feelings towards them because of what has happened in the past. I think for me personally, this year, they've, they've shown me that, that they could be a good baseball team without that bull crap because they've always been a talented team and now they're just proving it even more. Uh, offensively, they're scary, and they're and you know defensively, they're incredible as well. They just click on all cylinders. So I think this is a team that uh, that is playing with a lot of good momentum. But then again, I was wrong about most of my teams. Uh, so. <laughs> it's so sad. Uh, oh well, yeah. Lance McCullers, yeah. man, I remember watching him and he was seeing him be injured and just not come up. And I was like, I wrote him off. And then he played against the Sox, and I was looking at his curveball like nobody's going to hit this. What happened? Where did this dude, when did he become 
Mark Pedro Martinez, dude. Like, what happened? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, right? And yeah. he, it, he had a stint in the he had a stint where or he had a year where he was injured for most of the year, and then he pitched out of the bullpen with the Astros. And I feel like that kind of almost helped him uh, helped his game a little bit. And after that, he came back and had he was like an all star starter or something. I mean, it's just that that dude is he's got it all. And not to mention he's not phased by anything. But that's most of the Astros, right? It's like these Astros, you see them and they're not phased by anything. Like they're just Nothing. <laughs> eighteen innings, and, and as you said in the eighteen inning game, I was watching the game just thinking, I'm not, you know, I want the Mariners to win, but I'm just waiting for the Astros to score. <laughs> like we're, 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 uh, you we're, know what's gonna happen at some yeah, point. You're like, yeah, you just know yeah. what's gonna... We're like we're this deep. I don't think the Mariners are gonna score at all, and 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 it that happened. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a tough way for their season to end, um, like that. But look, the Mariners made it this far and, and they were able to beat a very talented Blue Jays team. And, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll be back. This is just the beginning. I mean, they got Luis Castillo oh, yeah. for another few years. Yeah. Um, They got that core, you know, for a little bit. So it'll mm-hmm. be, they, they, all they could do right now is add. And that I'm sure they'll, they'll add some key pieces in the, in the off season because look, their bullpen, their bullpen was strong with Swanson Munoz. But I think that the, you know, I think that the Astros knowing those pitchers, um, you know, them being the same division, knowing them helped. And also uh, just the fact that the Mariners had to, you know, kind of reach in their pocket a little farther and pull out guys like Robbie Ray in there didn't, didn't uh, help the situation. Uh, and yeah, it, it just, it, it just was a, was a, a fun series as much as it was as it was a sweep. Um, but yeah, I think the Astros for sure um, are going to take the AL, but the other team that's going to might have something to say about that is the Yankees and the Yankees are the ones that uh, just finished their series uh, on Tuesday night, as you know, a rain out, so much stuff it has happened in that series. But the Yankees were able to escape the Guardians. Uh, Cleveland, uh, you know, were, were, they were up two games to one, and they weren't able to close that close it out. And the Yankees came away with a three to two series win. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things happened for the Yankees in the last two games that I expected the series. How that's how the I expected the series to go. Uh, Garrett Cole did his thing, and uh, Judge and Stanton were hitting bombs. So, uh, Chris, what did you think about uh, the way this series unfolded? It's so hard to put this into perspective for me, uh, not not from an objective standpoint, more of subjective. Having watched the AL Central and having watched uh, Cleveland so for so long, you just kind of expect them at some point even in their good. They weren't necessarily that good this year, but they came on strong late. But even when, even even a season like this, they're just going to, at some point, they're just going to fold. They're just going to, they won't have it. And some part of me finally got division pride and was like, you know what, I want us to actually put on. So I hope Cleveland wins. Part of me actually said that. And they went up two games to one. And they have promising uh, Oscar Gonzalez, Tristan McKenzie finally coming to form. He looks like he's going to be really solid. Bieber's still pitching well. And they just lost another lead. I, I can't say any more than that. I think, they, I think they got unfairly shafted by these rainouts and a rain-shortened game in game five. I think that hurt them somewhat because I, I didn't get to see that one. But just having them knowing that they were up against it with the weather pattern that was in, in New York. They, they were going to have to score early. They were going to have to score often, and they didn't do it. Even in Yankee Stadium, where you've got a couple free home runs, if you get the ball in the air, they couldn't do it. The Yankees don't look like world beaters to me either, but it, it, you know, I, can't say, I can't say Garrett Cole you know, made his mark on the postseason in the, in the division series. That's something that you got to do in the championship series mm-hmm. or later. So that's that's like again. I think that Houston's a better team. That's why Houston's my World Series pick because I think that they are just miles better than the Yankees. That's a team that can shut down home run bats, even in Aaron Judge's best season of his career. Whoever was coming out of that series, it, it was weird because it. I think the Houston Seattle series was more of a dogfight, even though Houston won in a sweep. I think it was just like one team won one game, one team won the other game. It was like a, a it was like a back and forth of teams kind of not showing up as much as they possibly could. Both teams showed up in that other series, even if it went three games. So the Yankees aren't 
if I'll be very surprised if the Yankees make the World Series. I'll say that much. I agree. I, I agree. Don't don't uh, <laughs> don't do this. Don't do this when you're down. But what what? Uh, you kidding me, bro? Hold on. Let me see it again. I got to see it again. I got you. I got you. What are we doing? What, really? Now look. Now listen. I, I like Josh Naylor. I, I like him a lot. I love the energy he plays with. I, he just he just, he plays with all that, bro. What, really? Honestly, are, you, are you kidding me right now? Listen, mm. listen. The Yankees are still the Yankees at the end of the day. Um, that you know, kind of going off of what Chris said. I, I I really did not see the Yankees losing this series. Now they were they had Judge's number pretty much the entire time. They had the Yankees fans booing at him and all this, all this other jazz. This is a very talented ball club, and and you know like Chris said, they're not world beaters at all. Um, but you know, yeah, they're still the Yankees. How are you gonna how are you gonna how are you gonna say that you're his daddy that, that that's your son, and that's not even a go ahead home run? All that did was fire them up more. And then you go to New York, and what do you think Yankees fans are going to do? They're, they're Yankees fans. They're Yankees fans. It's New York. They, you, and you, you do that, you lose. Now the momentum is even more on, in, on the Yankees side. And then you go to Yankee Stadium with that fan base, with this ball club. <laughs> like, it just, I don't know. I just, the Yankees, this is such a talented team, and, you know, Props to Stanton as well, who 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 stepped up in many in many at bats where Judge was struggling. Um, now I think he's also missed a lot of barrels, but Rizzo Rizzo also has his also had a great series, and you know he's been playing well. Um, this is this is this is a it's they're a very well seasoned team, and I, I just don't think I don't think the Guardians had that you know that push to to get past to get past the Yankees. You know once once you know you see you see the Yankees get to Bieber, I was like, all right, well. You know, here, here, here we go with this jazz. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The, the Yankees are the Yankees, but we still got to respect this ball club. We got to understand who, who they are as a team. And that, and you know, this that that outcome doesn't surprise me too much. It can't. It, it just can't. I I didn't even know that Josh Naylor did that, but you know what? <laughs> Let me put it out there right now. White Sox should have won this division. I know I've said it once already in this podcast. <laughs> We're not even talking about the White Sox that much. But the White Sox went into Yankee Stadium and beat them boys back-to-back in the doubleheader. And Tim Anderson actually hit a meaningful home run and told those cats to shut the F up. And they couldn't say anything back. They really couldn't. And they were like, oh, we're going to defend Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson? Josh Donaldson's cousins don't like him. Like, there's going to be some stories that come out about Josh Donaldson that are going to make Aaron Rodgers read the paper and be like, man, this is this is a, this kind of, this dude's kind of an asshole, man. Like, like seriously, you he really did that when you, I don't, I don't understand why Cleveland can't do it. They did this in 2007. They let Manny Ramirez come in their stadium mm-hmm. when sports journalists everywhere were still like, oh, well, you need to play the game the right way. And they, he did that in the game and then he lost. And guess what? The Red Sox came right back and won the series. I thought it was it. I thought Cleveland had the stuff. They had CC Sabathia going strong. And then they folded. When, the, when Cleveland had the chance in, what was it, 2018 when they went up 2-0 on the Yankees? They folded. Yeah. In 2016, they folded. This team is like a manila envelope every single time. They're just going to wrap up and go home. I got nothing left for them. I have nothing left. I'm sorry, Miles, you put me in. You put me in. I didn't even know he did that. That's hot garbage. This, the, the, the Yankees fans are, were ripping him a new one for yeah. doing it too. Yeah. They should have. Who's your daddy? Yeah. They should have. They, they, they took it all the way back to 04. They took it back. That's wild, man. Padres are looking at Trent Grisham like, yeah, we chose, we chose right. We chose right. We got rid of the right dude. And I thought the Padres had screwed up getting rid of Naylor. I saw what type of hitter he could be. And now he's going to waste away in Cleveland. Get that man a better haircut, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> As if the Yankees could couldn't do more, couldn't like roast them enough after yesterday. Bro, I got so you, heat got, for you that, guys man. went out there, oh, dude. Yeah, I mean, just hey, broke my mic. Gosh damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it's loose now. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, and, we're not, and we're not even Guardians fans. Imagine me Guardians fans, man. Oh, it's kind of... <laughs> they better hope the Cavs get it done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the thing, too. You, you know, when when talking about uh, Josh Naylor, I was thinking the same thing. You know, the, he hit a home run to make it a one-run game. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And then, and then I knew that I knew knowing the Bronx, you know, you do something like that, it's only gonna light the fire, you know, of the of the Yankee fans, and it did. And they came out yesterday and just were eating them alive. They were doing that, and then they were like, uh, you know, chanting, "Who's your daddy?" Even the even the Yankees' wives after the series were doing the 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 baby celebration after. Uh, so man. It was it was uh, yeah, a rough win for like, Yeah. Like, or yeah. you're about to win the series. Don't do it when you're down and you're gonna <laughs> yeah. go back to New York. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> what is I don't know. I love Naylor, yeah. but I don't know about that one, bro. Yeah, no, if, they gonna, if it ties the game, solid. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. going down by one, you're early. You're early. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And and they, they asked they asked um they asked Labor about it about the you know what what you know how it feels you know to beat them and then beat Naylor whatever and then he's like oh yeah he was doing that celebration but now you know he's gonna watch us at home now you know so so I was like dang you know and it, it really came back to bite him for sure but uh yeah the, the the Yankees I mean they they really aren't uh they have a lot more questions um that you know need to be answered and you know with with the series against the Astros they're not gonna have enough time to answer they just don't they don't have a a you know, uh, the team that they had at the first in the first half of the season, you know, you know, that was, you know, the best team in baseball at one point. It's just not that team right now. Uh, they're just trying to do enough to get by. Um, and, you know, they did they did that against the Guardians. And um, I'm afraid it won't be enough like that against the Astros. Um, as much as, you know, I would like to see an up, I, I love I love upsets and we've had plenty of them, in the, you know, so far. Um, and it would be interesting to see a Yankees, you know, Phillies, or Yankees, Padres World Series. I just think the Astros are going to go through and, and whether, you know, I don't think it's going to be a sweep by any means, but I think it'll be 4-1 or 4-2. Uh, but kind of going into that, uh, we'll start with, we'll continue with AL. Uh, for you guys, it, it, ultimately, uh, what is your prediction or how do you feel that the Astros and Yankees match up in the American League Championship Series? We'll start with you, Miles. Oh, gosh, it's, it's going to be a fun series. It's going to be a really fun series to watch. Um, I do believe the Astros are going to come out on top still. Um, I'm not sure who's starting game one. Okay, Jameson Town and Justin Verlander. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I, I do believe that the momentum is still on the Astros' side, especially with them starting off at home. Um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a hard-fought series. I think we're going to get some pretty, pretty cool baseball moments for two very competitive teams. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I, as to how long this series goes, I can't really, I, I can't really say if I wanted to, but I, I do believe that the, the Astros are going to outlast the Yankees and, you know, pretty, pretty much take control, take control of the series early on. So, you know, it's, I think it's going to be a good, a good battle though, between both ball clubs, but I'd be very surprised if the Astros, um, didn't, didn't come out on top in this series. The pitching, I think, is is not necessarily going to determine things because when when if things go right for both teams, you could knock the starting pitcher out in the fourth or before the fifth, no matter who they are. If it's Verlander, if it's McCullers, if it's Nestor Cortez Jr., uh, if it's Garrett Cole, you know, any either one of these offenses could find they they're both two of the most patient offenses in the league. They wait you out. They draw rock. They draw walks. They get guys on base, and when they take the opportunity, they do, they do hit the ball hard. So I don't necessarily think it's going to come down to the pitching. I just something something in me says that Houston is still that much better, and I I don't know necessarily if it's if it's on the bullpens as well. I see Houston winning in five. Don't ask me why. I I just do. I, I just have Houston going out early. It it seems like this is the year where they just kind of roll over everybody. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking too. Is just that, as we said before. I mean, how good they are and them being the best team 
when you match them up against the Yankees, it's just, yeah. I mean, and, and another thing too, I want to say about the Astros is that this is probably the best team that we've seen, you know, with, you know, of this era with, you know, Altuve. And this is a team that won, the, this is a team that won the world series in 2017, despite, you know, what happened if, you know, they cheated or whatever, but this so far, looks like the best team that they've put together, which is scary. And, um, uh, yeah, I just don't think it's it's their match. Uh, I don't think the Yankees are a match for them. So, um, but it'll be a good series with all the pettiness, all the pettiness, all the backstories because this is a uh, Yankees Astros part three, and uh, the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees really want the revenge on them. I don't. I don't think they're going to get it, but they really want that revenge because they just hate the Astros. I think more than a lot of teams do. Um, it's going up at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, That's yeah. Be a so, fun yeah. One. Yankees yeah. fans are going to yeah. be there, present and heard. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely yeah, it's definitely gonna be an insane series with, with when it comes to the crowds too. But uh kind of shifting to the NL now with uh, the Phillies and uh the Padres. Now, like I said, they've already played game one and that was a two zero Philly win. And and it looked like, you know, it was a pitcher's duel through and through. And I think that's uh, you know, what we're probably gonna get again in game two. But um it's this this series is probably as hard as it gets to uh, you know, to even predict as much as you know even I, I think the Phillies winning game one uh, to the grand scheme of things does not mean anything. Uh, I think that, you know, this series could still go anywhere. Uh, but I think uh, when it comes down to it, I'm going to pick probably the Phillies to win the series uh, just because I think the hitting is going to come through. Um, and I think that the Wheeler and Nola uh, duo is going to be what makes a difference. Now I, I could totally see me being completely wrong and, the Padres winning 4-1 and, and just being carried again by their pitching as well. But I just I think that, you know, uh, the Soto effect and being carried by – you can only be carried by Trent Grisham for so long. Uh, <laughs> Say so, that sentence again. <laughs> you know, right? I know, right? I'm just like, yeah, Trent Grisham, you're, you know, your MVP. <laughs> and yeah, it's it – can, it, can, can, it can only, you know, happen for so long. So uh, what do you think, Chris? What do you think is going to happen in this series? It could go anywhere, just like either of you guys said. Mm. It's these are two teams kind of playing with house money the way they came in the into the postseason. Uh, Phillies, the way that they played again, I think they're the team that has the chance to have the bats just really, really, really go off, like off, 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 off. They've got to they've got to contend with Blake Snell. Uh, they've got to contend with with a with a decent with a decent pitching staff. Not you know not otherworldly. And I I looked at the numbers for the Phillies. They the Phillies bullpen had one bad game and then they did fairly well. Alvarado and Sir Anthony Dominguez are, are sharp, but the, the other guys that you have in that bullpen are either fairly unknown or, you know, they, their reputation's been, I just keep coming back to Brad hand. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's a long shot to say that he's going to be a guy who's going to get you four holds in a, in a series at this point in his career. But I, I think the Phillies just have the hotter bats they, it, I would say six. I'd say Phillies in six, if anything. But you could see the series go seven and come down mm -hmm. to like a five-five game in the eighth, mm -hmm. and and then it's just some random person gets a big hit. Hassan Kim is going to hit like a three-run homer or something to send the Padres <laughs> to the World Series. Yeah. No, really. Yeah. What do you think, man? You know, you know, I don't know. I don't know when I look at this series. I think these are two. Uh, two very good ball clubs. Um, you know, you got Aaron Nola against, you know, Snell tonight. I think for me, this is going to be a telltale sign as to how the rest of this series is going to go. Um, you know, if the Phillies are able to, to get to Snell early um, and knock him out of the game and kind of throw off that bullpen going forward to the series, you know, I think that's going to be that for me, that's going to determine a lot going forward just because, if the the the, the Padres are very are very strong willed team, but I also think they're a very fragile team. Any sort of any sort of momentum shifts away from the Padres, in my opinion, I think things might go downhill for them, just because I, I don't. I, they're a very confident team, but they're they're. I don't think they're as confident as the Phillies. I just don't. So you know, I think going into game two, um, the Padres the Padres kind of set the tone on. on on their on their behalf um and just you know you got you got to shut down those bats you really do now granted game one was actually a very well pitched game aside from the absolute mammoth home run that kyle schwarber 
hit earth, wind, and fire out of. Um, <laughs> I, I've never seen hands move that quick. I've never seen a ball hit that hard before. That was awesome. Um, and, you, and Bryce Harper's reaction was incredible. You know you hit a ball hard when Bryce Harper, yeah. <laughs> when, his, when his jaw drops. That's how you know that you, you made it. So I think I think just going forward, this 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 game, the game two is going to be such a huge uh, determinant of just like momentum and leveling out things. Because you don't want to give the Phillies momentum, you know, at all going into the rest of this series. So, you know, I, you know, I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I'm, I'm lost for words as to who I think is going to win this series. I think is I still I think it's very well well matched, but. Phillies take this game. I, I might start leaning towards the Phillies just a little bit more. I think they want it a little bit more as well. They're playing with a little bit more heart as well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the the way that the Phillies are playing, it's almost like they they don't they probably don't feel like they're the favorites, uh, even even against the Padres, just because they're you know they they have the better record. They're the home team. Uh, Machado, you know, they I feel like Machado gets more attention than Harper and all that. And I don't know, but um yeah it's gonna be a you know a series that's gonna come down to the wire and yeah like as you know as chris said <clears throat> as chris said that you know it could go into seven games and if he you know decided in the eighth inning i could totally see that so um regardless i think it's gonna be a good series and and whoever comes out of this i think we're, we're gonna get a, a great world series um out of it for sure um, well, that's going to be all the time that we have on episode 29 of the at bat baseball podcast. want to thank Chris for, for coming on the show and, and hopefully we could have, well, maybe, maybe we'll have you next week on again. Cause so much is happening, man. You and, uh, and Gabe, uh, hopefully you guys can come on, uh, and, uh, talk more baseball. It'll be after the, the, like Phillies have swept the Padres or, vice versa <laughs> or something like yeah. that. After all the talk we just had, <laughs> just completely ruin, ruin this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to vault it like revolt. Oh, my bad. I wasn't supposed, to, wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> I think I ruined. I, I ruined my my part when I broke my mic. Now I'm. No, that's yeah. bro. guys. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was man. too good. And and the broken mic, I think that's a good place to go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I hope hopefully everyone enjoys the rest the rest of the series and hopefully enjoys uh the NLCS and the ALCS. Have a good one everybody.